Callista here, beloved congregant and guest preacher, Henry Zabrowski. You'll hear from him in a second. Henry and I have been cracking up at Pastor Andrew and Brother Reed. <laughs> okay, just get the heck out. Ugh. Brothers, sisters, siblings. Our dear A-list celebrity congregant, Ashton Kutcher, through a generous donation, has helped the Church of the Story start a world-class, story-approved acting school for congregants of the story only. And story-darn Brother Reed and Pastor Andrew have been taking private acting classes with Ashton himself. So congregants, we're in for a treat. Let's hear some impressions. Brother Reed and Pastor Andrew, come on out here. Okay, hold on, hold on. Sister um, Galissa. I gotta warm, I gotta warm up. Let's warm up, <gasps> let's get in character. I love it Zip, zip. Oh my god, I love to play zip, zip, zip. Okay, ready? Mm. Zip, zap, zap, zip, zip. Oh, I lost it, I lost it. Okay. Zip, zap, zip, zap, zip, zap, zip. Zip, zip, zip. Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, ooh, do groundskeeper Devin. <laughs> okay, you go first, you go first. I mean to Pastor Andrew. Okay. Okay. Now. I know everyone wants to hear it. It's time Sister for... Sister Calissa, we are not kidding. Do not... No! No, no, no. Once no! you ask it... Once you Let's ask it... Let's hear Shoals!
have seen terror. I have seen it. Shams. Oh, horror. Shams. <clears throat> anyway, I hope that didn't scare away our special guest preacher. He's a dear friend and a goopy young man, brothers, sisters, siblings. We welcome Henry Zabrowski. Thank you, Sister Callista. Our reading from the Book of Hefty Gunk, written by Scab's Rubber Tug, titled Last Impression. Stency led Ruford through a labyrinth of cubicles. She towered over him in her heels as she pointed out the landmarks, a unisex bathroom, a boardroom, a utility closet containing a dirty microwave. Yeah, that's where we eat lunch, Sensei told him. Um, up here is the water cooler? A burst of laughter echoed off the plastic cubicle walls. Stency led the kid towards the commotion. By the water cooler, a hairy man was swinging his arms like an orangutan to the delight of a small crowd. He had tucked his polo into pleated khakis, and keys bulged in the cargo pocket. He bowed to an audience of four. Thank you, thank you, all right, <laughs> all right. He checked his wrist even though he didn't wear a watch. I got time for one more. <laughs> Do Mr. Cherenitsky, a woman shouted. <laughs> Again? All right, okay, all right, let me see. Ruford watched as the man stuck out his gut and began scratching his ass. Already, the co-workers were elbowing one another. The man cleared his throat and belted in a cartoonish whine. Texas! Did anyone remember Texas? I love Texas! Ruford didn't understand why everyone started laughing, but he joined out of habit. Stency was howling. That's just like him, she said, eyes watering. Branton! Come and meet our new project manager, Ruford. This is Branton. Um, Ruford, this is Branton. Branton said in a rude falsetto, and everyone cracked up super hard. Nice to meet you, Rufart. Ruford extended his hand, but Branton ignored it. Instead, he narrowed his eyes, walked a slow revolution about the new hire, and inspected him. The co-workers fell to a nervous hush, respectful of Branton's craft. Hmm, yeah, yeah, you won't be a problem, not for me. He finally took the kid's hands and squeezed too hard. I'm kind of the king of impressions around here, so don't worry, you'll get one. <laughs> Ruford couldn't think of anything to say. Branton laughed at his blank expression, and everyone laughed with him. A month later, the team had just finished their latest website, a brand new design for the county public library. The development team worked all night to meet the deadline, but they had delivered. Relieved, the team spent the following morning chatting around the water cooler, wasting time. As usual, Branton had been goaded into an impression or two, arms flapping like a chicken as he imitated the custodian at Miss Kolviak. Stency couldn't breathe, and Josh from sales was holding his sides. Even Ruford was chuckling when Josh grabbed his shoulders and began to shake him to and fro. Do Ruford, Josh cried. You've never done Ruford. Yeah, do me, Ruford agreed. Huh, well, Branton considered. 
I guess I got a little something. Branton raised a finger to his nose and pretended to adjust a pair of glasses. He wagged his finger in the air and took a deep breath, and then nothing. Saliva gurgled and clicked in his open mouth, and his face turned pink and shiny. The smarm of his expression disappeared, and a light went out in his eyes. He seemed to vibrate. His shoulders slumped. He nodded his head. Then, with utmost deliberation, he pretended to masturbate. Stency gasped. Ashwin from development frowned. Ruford turned pale, arms crossed tight over his chest. Branton did not stop, but began groaning. Whoa! Whoa, mama! Oh! Oh, oh! Oh, 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 no! Oh, no! Branton's neck jerked up, and with the head as the fulcrum, he began to swing, as though dangling. He gagged and choked at the next word. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Jesus, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Rufer did not wait to see his co-workers' reactions. He ran. The moment the impression ended, Branton looked sickly, drained of life. Where the fuck had that come from, he thought. He had intended to do a modification on his classic nerd impression. Adjust invisible glasses, wag a finger in the air, talk about Bitcoin. That was dark, Josh from Sales laughed. The next Tuesday, when Branton came to work, the office had the feel of a hospital waiting room. Every conversation he passed was whispered, and by the time he reached his desk, he heard two people crying. Mary Ert from HR was waiting for him at his desk. I'm sure you heard, she said. Heard what? Roofer. Yeah, what about him? Mary Ert studied Branton's expression, not quite believing his ignorance. She shared the news for the tenth time that morning. He died last night. He... he died? Mary Ert told him the basic details. Funeral arrangements, when the temp would take his place, where his family wanted money donated in lieu of flowers. But she didn't tell him what Branton wanted to know. How Ruford died. It was later Josh from Sales came by his desk and whispered the rumor that had gone around. Ruford had hanged himself. But get this, on accident. Autoerotic asphyxiation, Josh carefully pronounced. Turns out little Ruford was a freak. But you knew that, right? Branton didn't react the way Josh thought he would. He went quiet, reflective. Branton thought to himself, I didn't know he did that. How could I have possibly known? But if not that, what else had his impression suggested? It was two weeks until Branton did another impression. He had avoided the water cooler, had buckled in and focused on his work for once. But that Thursday... The company held their annual picnic, bussing the whole staff up to a Jewish day camp outside the city. Over a lunch of hot dogs and chicken tenders, everyone was sharing stories about stubborn customers. And who is on the other line? A customer service rep lamented to a picnic table of coworkers. You guessed it, friggin' Randy Cromeror. Oh, Sensi blurted. Branton does the best impression of him. You should do it, Branton. Branton felt ill at once. Ha, uh, huh? Nah. Nah, nah, I'm tired. Do it, do it, do it. 
three women from accounting cheered him on. It took pleading, but Branton gave in. All right, okay, all right, if I even remember it. He put his hands on his hips, struck out his crotch, and shrieked, Tuesday? I said Monday! At the wave of laughter, Branton sighed in relief. In no time, they were back to the old game. It felt good to perform again. He had missed the adoration. He was midway through an impression of Mary Ert when the balding VP of sales shouted in his Alabama accent, Do me! Branton smiled. This was an easy one. Typical southern accent, adding some old guy with a touch of coward for good measure. Yet, when he went to point a finger, he felt his hands clench into fists. He frowned, though he meant to smile. His face turned pink, wet, and his whole body shook. His lips flapped out words he didn't mean to say. Oh, huh, that's, that's not funny. Branton groaned in a southern accent. I'm going to use the, the, the bathroom. Without its control, his hand jerked up to make a little wave, and he started to walk away. Everyone laughed politely. It wasn't his best, but he was probably playing it safe for the VP. Still, it was funny enough, though. That is, until he yelped in pain. Perp! Branton screamed and threw himself face down to the ground. Oh, oh! Oh, God, no! Oh, God, no! He pleaded into the dirt as though blood filled his mouth. Branton went still and wheezed final shaky breaths. <sighs> the VP's little eyes pinched into daggers, disgust in his slack jaw. Uh-huh, that's uh, not funny, he said. The VP stood up, fists clenched. In the dirt, Branton came too. Though aware of what he did, he could not recall choosing the words, the movements. I'm gonna use the bathroom, the VP excused himself. He jogged away, crossing the parking lot for the latrine. Branton was starting to apologize when... In the parking lot, a man with a southern accent screamed, Oh, God! Oh, no! Oh, oh God, no! Branton joined the crowd as the blubbering driver of a red-splattered Ford Taurus emerged from her car. The VP was tangled under the car's front left tire, his head lolling in agony over the pieces of his erupted ribcage. Half-digested chunks of macaroni salad littered the gore. He didn't chew his food enough. Brandon connected eyes with the VP as he took his last breath and saw the unholy fear. He had never seen anyone die before. I... I didn't know, he said to himself, turning to face his co-workers. Guys, I didn't know. There was accusation in every eye. May the defendant take the stand, the judge announced to the courtroom. Branton was on his feet, sweat soaking his shirt collar. He waved to his mother in the crowd, but she wouldn't look at him. He prayed his lawyer was right. The case was ridiculous. There were so many witnesses, no evidence of foul play. It was a matter of extreme coincidence, the lawyer had assured him. Branton took the stand, and the lawyer approached. Branton, you've got a reputation, don't you? He said loud enough for the whole courtroom to hear. You're the office jokester, aren't you? Branton gulped. He contorted his face into a smug grin. Uh, you're the office jokester, aren't you? 
he said in a stuffy voice. Even the judge had to giggle. Thank you. Now to be clear, you aren't a psychic, correct? <laughs> if I was, I would have won the lottery by now. He smirked. Now the jury was laughing. It was just like performing for any audience. Branton loosened up. He even smiled. Excellent. Let's do a demonstration. You know me. How about an impression? Branton grimaced. They had rehearsed the testimony and had settled on an inoffensive yet highly accurate impression. No further questions, your honor. He would rasp wearily, throwing a hand in the air. Then everyone would laugh, and the case would be dismissed. His lawyer winked, and Branton winked back. With the confidence of practice, he threw his hand into the air. He opened his mouth and then froze. Eyes fluttering, he slumped in his seat, and the words shook out of his mouth. Baby, he said, I'm scared. I'm so scared. I don't want to die. The lawyer turned in alarm at his wife's name. He had never mentioned her to Branton. I was supposed to have time. I am. Then Branton slumped to his side, spittle foaming between grinding teeth. He made electronic tones with his mouth. Beep, 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 beep. He toned. The lawyer was shaking. Beep, 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 beep. And the lawyer was on him, crying, screaming the word over and over as his arms found his client's neck. Guilty! 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 Branton was on death row when he did his final impression. The guard had just told him the bad news. His lawyer had died. It was just the night before his cancer had accelerated, apparently. The guard told him this as he removed the gag and armbands that disabled Branton's impressions. The guard set Branton's food before him, gun drawn, then backed slowly away until he was out of impression range. Branton cried into his rice and peas. He missed his apartment, his friends, sunshine, even the job. He cried for a long time, until hunger convinced him to pick up a spoon. It was shiny, he noticed, shiny enough to see himself. He watched the tiny mirrored reflection and spoke. Hi, he said, voice shaking. My name is Branton, and I sound like this. Then Branton spasmed all over, shaking his head and slobbering. He screamed, <laughs> He jolted in place, surging with imitated electricity. When the painful rattle of his impression subsided, Branton cried into his pillow. He knew he wouldn't be getting a call from the governor. A month later, when Branton went to the chair, he was calm and quiet. Branton died with the apathy of someone who had seen it all before. The story must be told. Wonderful impressions. It's really, it's inspired me. 
I have some great impressions I want to share. Okay, okay, here's my, here's my groundskeeper, Devin, everyone. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> oh, I'm groundskeeper, Devin. Oh, I'm sad. You know, just sad. Okay, um, uh, okay, well, here's, here's Brother Reed, then, um, <clears throat> oh, I really love this story, oh, it's, you gotta follow the story, yeah, that, uh, was, well, uh, well, anyway, here's, oh, here we go, here, <laughs> um, Here's a great charms. No, 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 no. Thank you for listening to The Story Must Be Told. And today is the first fifth Sunday of the year. Yep, that's right, Brother's Day. We're proud to be hosted on the last podcast network, and you know what Brother's Day is, don't you? It's the day my brother comes to get you. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TSMBTPod. Yeah, he drives a Grand Am. He's mean as fuck. And next year, he's going to college. Here he comes! Pastor Andrew's sister, Callista, and Brother Reed praise the story during the day on Twitter. They share their daily burdens, poetry, and sometimes get trapped in vehicles without food or water, like they are in my brother's Grand Am. Keep up with our individual stories at PSTR Andrew, at Our Brother Reed, at Sister Callista 2Ls, and witness Devin, the idiot fool of the story, at Devin TSMBT. Now my brother's here, and he's got a list of all the naughty little brothers and sisters and siblings and a magic trunk big enough for every human soul. We'll be back next week when I'll have survived Brother's Day and you're a scream from my brother's roomy trunk. Yes, I survived, but only to wait for next Brother's Day. Daddy likes mating. Wait, should that be mommy? Yeah, mommy. Okay. (laughs) The story must be told. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.